0: This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. Please go to the website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. See what Eagle Saving Nations is all about. We need to have another great awakening. Only the church can stop this insanity that's sweeping America and around the world. Tyranny and persecution is coming. Let the churches rise up and we have another great awakening. Once again, Eagle Saving Nations, worldministries.org. Join it today. We're here at World Ministries International. This is our chapel, it's a live audience, children present. And I have Maria Moore, and she's gonna be sharing today. Maria?
1: Thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to come here and be among you. It's wonderful to be up here in the Northwest. I just thank God for this ministry, for Dr. Hansen and his lovely family. And I just came with a message on the season that we're in. I think you would pretty much have to be in a graveyard somewhere to know that we're not in trouble as a nation. And so there are times and seasons of God, and this is a time when God wants us to recover, restore, to open the door of the promise that He's already given us in our individual lives and as a nation. I just thank God that I can be a part of it. I wanted to talk with you. We come out of Texas. We go to Glory of Zion, Apostle Chuck Pierce's ministry. And he is what they call an essachar prophet. They tend to understand the times and the seasons that we're in and what we should do. And so I just want to give you just a little glimpse of the year that we're in, the season that we're in, the decade that we're in, and what the Lord wants to do. The title that I just had given you is the title of my teaching is, Recover, Restore, to open the door of promise. That's the year that we're in. There's a great door of promise and there's a door of destiny that we can go through in this season. Salvation is available to us 24-7 forever. I mean, God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow, but there are certain seasons that there are certain emphases and there's things that are on his front burner. And so if we want to hear what He's saying to us and walk with Him in power and authority, we should learn to recognize the ways of God. And one of the ways is that He speaks through time, through our calendars. Both our calendar and the Hebrew calendar. And I just wanted to say a little bit about the Hebrew calendar because a lot of the Essachar prophets look at that, the rabbis and the Protestant ministers and other ministers as well, they look at that to see what they feel like is the will of the Lord. Just like any promise in the Bible, they are conditional. And so the things that God wants, these doors that are open to us this year, are may it be. May the will of the Lord be seen. What that is, it's the cooperation between us and the Holy Spirit. This year in the Hebrew calendar is 5784. 5784, there's different ideas about what people think about what it symbolizes, but in general, the 57, 50 is a year of jubilee, or it's a time of restoration, it's a time of recovery, it's a time of testimony. 10's in there, 10 times two, grace upon grace. This is just a whole season in time of great grace. Seven is a year of of meaning full or completed or perfection. Eight is pay, P-A-Y. And that's a significant understanding in this 10-year cycle. Pay it has to do with the mouth. What they do is they look at the ancient language, written language of Hebrew, And they prophesy over it, and that pay looks like a face, and so it has to do with speech and about fellowship, about taking care of your relationships both with God and with man. It has a lot to do with what we speak, and that's always true. Like I said, these things are generally true throughout Scripture, but this 10-year period, it's really important that we line up our mouth, not with the problems that are surrounding the earth, the gross darkness, the deep darkness, but with the face of God and the words of God and the truth of the word. And that's how the glory of the Lord shines over the gross darkness that are over the nations, is it shines above us as we come into agreement and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Um, Eight is also a number of new beginnings or suddenlies. It's a wonderful time to be in the Lord, This year, four is a Dalet, and it basically looks like a door. If you looked at ancient Hebrew language, it looks more like a seven to us because it has this configuration. There's a Dalet at the top of it like a little swirl at the top. And basically what that is to a Hebrew, in the original language, it looked like a door because they were nomadic and they had tents. And the tents went down and they came up. The tent door would open up that way. You would put the tent door on top of the tent roof. So there's a lot to do with bowing down and being humble. Worship is significant this year. This is how you always get promises, doors or promises open anyway. But it's a real thing to do. This year we already see doors opening, things that have been hidden in darkness, in the news. Every day there's a new revelation about something, about someone, about something that has been hidden that's being disclosed. God is after the doors of our heart. He's telling us to come up here and see things from His point of view. This is that door of promise. The door that I'm talking about and the door that's most important in this season is the heart-mouth door this whole year of promise um i'm going to give you just a maria about the year let this heart and mind of god be fully manifested on earth by the grace wisdom and revelation found in his presence may the holy spirit inhabit us in such a way that he manifests his exploits through our open mouth heart doors so that door that that door that uh, that mouth heart door is the way that we obtain and see heaven manifest on earth um, is found with the very beginning of our life in Jesus, Romans 10, eight through 10. But what does it say? The word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. That is a word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead you'll be saved for with the heart one believes into righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation now this is a, this is a very familiar passage and it's 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 the pre- predominant way that we manifest glory on the earth is as we agree in our heart now you can't believe something in your heart if you don't believe it if you're Senses are overwhelmed and you, you have good doctrine, you have good belief, but you just don't believe it. The only way that we come into faith believing is by the voice of God. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now faith is from heaven, it's from the spiritual, it's from God Almighty, it's His presence, it's His voice, it's the way that He speaks to us. That's where faith comes from. But we won't need faith in heaven. Because faith is for those that don't see something. Faith is a substance of things not seen. And so it's the railway to manifest the will of God in the earth from heaven. It's God's will is in heaven as it is in heaven. And our reality can be here. And the more that we align our hearts and our mouth with the will of God, then the manifestation of the will of god happens in our spheres of influence whether it's healing in your body or your your uh, eagle saving nations i want to talk to you you're probably wondering about this glove that i have in my hand okay this year and the november 1st is is the day after Halloween. Uh, 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 definite time in the church calendar that the devil has stolen because the the Catholics call it All Saints Day and Protestants call it Reformation Day. And this is a year of reformation where we're not going to have what we had yesterday. We're going to have more and more the kingdom of God in the manifestation of the glory and the kingship of Jesus Christ in the earth. And the way that he does that is through um, magnifying the Son of God through our lives. So on this day, on this particular day, I was in a worship service and I had I, I just ascended in, in worship and was reflecting on the things of God and all of a sudden in my mind's eye I saw this human hand uh, extended in worship but, uh, you know, extended. My hands were extended, so I thought it was extended, but I saw this hand and then a a translucent see-through, a translucent silver glove that was star-studded come down on this hand. And so immediately I thought the hand was a human, it was the glory of God covering. And that's the way that we think and that's the way we say it, but... In actuality, as I continued to pray about it, and the the more I looked at it, I saw that it was in scripture, and what I know to be true was the hand of God clothing himself with the sons of Abraham, who we are, and salvation, the silver, that God was literally wearing mankind. And it's a picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit And it's a picture of what happened to Gideon, which is what I want to talk to you a lot about. Gideon in Judges 6 and 7, Gideon's army or Gideon's uh, battle. Um, Because when it says that when Gideon finally got to the place where God could could come upon him, that's what it says in our English translations, is that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. But many of the, the people that have studied this verse said that that, that the Lord wore Gideon like a glove. He, he, um, uh, the original language it says it, there's two words that means th- when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon or took control of Gideon. Some um, translations then said that he possessed Gideon. Um, and the two words mean to rush or to prosper or to fall upon and then the second one is to put on or wear so the holy spirit wore gideon like a glove to do exploits and if you study the battle of gideon in the book of gideon it's such a common um story we hear about it from kindergarten to, to to uh vacation bible school to you know pulpits everywhere. It's a very common thing to be preached out of, but there's more things that we can mind out of it this year in in this light. It's, wrong, it's judges seven uh, six and seven. So he basically assigned and prepared and per- empowered Gideon for mission impossible, right? And then he, he came upon him like a glove. And, you know, as, as the Spirit of the Lord came on him, all of these men, these several tribes, came together and said, Yes, we're going to come after this oppression. that The Midianites had come for seven years and had just ravished the land and stole everything. And they were in a, a pitiful state. And they all hid in caves and different things. So God is... Uh, comes to Gideon and he has this encounter with the angel of the Lord. There's many things that happen in it, but basically he empowers Gideon. He gets Gideon out of his doubt and unbelief. He gets Gideon into stop blaming and, and saying, well, God, you used to do this, but what about it now? You know, we're all trashed. God had already sent a prophet said, look, the reason why this has come upon you is because you have sinned. And if you'll turn back to me, I would deliver you. And so that's basically what he says to to Gideon. He says, it's not gonna be by your might, nor by your power, but by my spirit. And so the whole story is about not Gideon getting um, and doing this mighty exploit, which is the way that the enemy saw it when he got a report out of the enemy's camp. The enemy said, Um, This is none other than Gideon, and the Lord is delivering the entire camp into his hands. When they go and they win the battle, the shout that comes out of their mouth says that the Lord and Gideon, this is none other than the sword. This is for the sword of the Lord and Gideon. So the people of God and Gideon got it right where God was gonna do it. The reason why he limited the number, why he cut it down to 300 out of all of those tribes was to show that it wasn't by Gideon or the Israel's strength, but it was by the hand of God through a human being that would deliver this people. And that's what it'll take to deliver America. Okay, so then he removes all the natural weapons because he says, I'm gonna empower you with my weapons. And what, what they did was they had these small, they had these pitchers that they put over a lit torch in one hand, and then in the other hand, they had a trumpet. And so there's no room for a sword, but that's what they shouted in the battle that won the battle was the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. But this broken, what they did was they broke the vessel, and the light shined forth, and the trumpets blew, and then they shouted as well. And that's what won the battle. And it was totally God's plan to win the battle. There wasn't anything that Gideon had done other than obey, hear and obey, that won that battle for Israel. So, um, what does that look like in our day how does the Spirit of the Lord wear us like a glove to do exploits you know there's there's several scriptures that talk about it there's a promise of the Father Um, it, it there's God commissions us to begin with. We have authority to preach the gospel, which is what will save the nation. Is it preaching of the good word, good news, the word of Christ, the light of salvation? And we have authority in that Jesus said that as the Father has sent me, I send you. And so we have the authority to do this. And we need empowering, and the way that we get empowered is by la- waiting on the Holy Spirit to be endued in power. And we see this in the in the New Testament. And again, these are these are very familiar um, ideas for us spirit-filled believers. But it's putting them into practice. It's hearing and obey. The, there is there's an old song that says, "Trust and obey, trust and." and obey for to be happy in Jesus, there is no other way. But really it's hear and obey. Faith comes by hearing and if you hear, you have faith to obey because your obedience is not of this world. I mean, we we step into it, we'll do like a prophetic act or we will move or if God says to do. Uh, Dr. Hansen is famous for this where he just begins to move and doors open. He just knows that the Lord wants him to go to Africa. So he gets on a plane and he, he goes there and doors open. And so those doors are by the power of God. Those doors are the things that, that he needs, but there's an act of obedience that starts this by listening, hear and obey. So the, the lessons from getting is cry out to the Lord in your time of need. The reason why they were in this seven year problem with the Midianites was because they had sinned and they had trusted in idols of the land. God kept saying, don't do that, don't do that, but they did it anyway. Um, but then he sent a prophet and then uh, an angel of the Lord came and visited Gideon and he, he listened to his reasonings and instructions. He accepted the voice of the Lord uh, and and what he told him to do. He accepted the commissioning, which is so important that we understand that this isn't our idea. This is something that the Lord has for us to do. This is authority from on high. This is important that we co-mission with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sending us on a mission, so we go with the commission. We stop fearing and worshiping other gods. We pull down the false altars that are in our own backyards now come on now it's really easy to call somebody else on out to repent and to get over trusting in other things but we really need to ask the holy spirit to show us in our heart those areas where we are trusting in other things i've said this before here and it's so true our idols don't look like the ones in the bible days but it looks like fear we'll bow down to that that god of fear or we'll we'll bow down to human reasoning and say well god you wouldn't want me to do that because then people will think i'm a little cuckoo and you know and so we will we will trust in our own ways and and our own thoughts rather than his and those are the altars that god are off uh, is after Uh, the lord was showing me this how gideon was in a wine press trying to uh uh do the wheat you know um yeah threshing the wheat and you know you can't do that because there's no wind and and i was i was thinking about that and i thought well that's really pretty lame I, it was kind of smart because the the uh, the Midianites would have told, took it if they had seen it but it doesn't work you know when god is sees, is serving wine or the manifestation of the holy spirit is probably pretty smart to drink wine rather than make bread and so he's kind of doing there's a little picture there that you can look at and say wow what what are you saying to me today do I need better doctrine or do I need an experience and an empower with the Holy Spirit what is it that you're serving today doctrine and discipleship is so critical and important and this is a house that I don't have to explain to um, uh, education and discipling is is just important And there's a time for that, for the bread of the Word and the studying of the Word. And there's a time for the outpouring. There is a time when you experience the Lord. There is a time when your world is absolutely changed. Like when when I got born again, I mean the green, the green in the grass was greener. I mean everything shifted for me because I encountered God and He spoke to me in a way that I could understand that He wasn't just in in a ceremony that you he wasn't just a distant person and he wasn't mad at me and that love of God transformed me and so it's important that we know how to move with God that way and pull down those those false altars and build a new altar come into not only a, uh, an experience but a discipline of worship It's really important that we praise the Lord, whether we're tired or not, or whether we're even in mourning. There's a place for for worship and joy um, because there's a hope um, that is released only in times of sorrow. So we. We. We receive empowerment by His presence and His miracles. And so pressing in for these things are important. It's not a selfish thing that we we ask of the Lord when we ask ask Him to, to manifest His presence. We know that God is always with us, but we come together and we kind of expect to experience God as we should. We should press in for the more. We should press in for the signs, wonders, and miracles. We have a culture today that has become the, the foundations and the, and the marking posts have been ripped up. These kids that are being roast, raised up today, they don't have a place to, play, to, to understand how Jesus could be born of a virgin. Or that Jesus could come and live in our lives They don't have that mindset It's not in our culture any longer um, I uh, was witnessing I took care of a woman from Dubai That uh, had been new age And had been raised in a Muslim culture And I was talking to her About getting born again And how Jesus comes into your heart And she giggled And it wasn't disrespectful It just She, she had no place to put that She just couldn't understand how I could believe that because it seems so silly. Uh, So, and we know that the man in white is showing up in Muslim streams now. God Almighty is showing up with signs, wonders, and miracles. We have good friends over in Pakistan that there are amazing miracles. And some people will even go into some of these lines where people are standing and, and they'll just say, Excuse me, but have, has, has the man in white visited you yet? Is the man that glows, the white man that glows in white, has have you seen him yet? That is, that's how common supernatural experiences are. And come on now, don't we have places in our hearts that are in doubt and unbelief? Haven't we been disappointed? We have believed that God would manifest a miracle in a particular way at a particular time, and, and it didn't happen, and, and then we get into hope deferred that makes a heart sick. But it also says the rest of that verse is that, that a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I mean, come on. Let's let's get some of that desire fulfilled. Let's see God move. Let's believe this is His season. It says to cry out for rain in the season of rain, and we are in a season of rain. The Holy Spirit is pouring out like never before. It's unprecedented what's going on in the in the college campuses, and you know if it's there, it can be here. And so we need to be hungry, and we never hunger or thirst or or are. Uh, hunger or thirst once we come into jesus as far as salvation goes but there is so much more it's that craving it's that desire it's it's, we just have to stir it up we have to stir it up you know that wine press where gideon was at the lord showed me that i was in a wine press uh trying to thrash wheat and that that there was all kinds of chaff under my feet and he was talking to me about an area where i was being pretty self-centered and not wanting to do not wanting to obey him in giving of myself my time and my resources in an area. And um, he told me that I had made a really nice bed of chaff and that I needed to get over it. That carnality that I was resting in. That comfort. um, That I needed to stir it up. Stir it up. Let the wind come in. Holy Spirit use me. Make me like a coin. Put me in your pocket. Take me where you will. Spend me as you want. Wear me like a glove. Holy Spirit, I want to be in your service. I no longer want just my idea of what you would do in my life um, come to pass. So um, we're going to need to use the shout and the horn. The horn, I believe, is about angels' armies and how we need to cooperate with them. And believe God for that. That is something that is hugely important. God wants to cooperate with man to bring about this great salvation of both people as individuals and as nations as well and what this does as we use all of these things as we allow the holy spirit to break us that broken vessel in the gideon story that's us as we allow the lord to break us in a in a god way and let the glory and the light of christ shine through us the gospel message who we are we are the message we are the epistle and and this reveals the sword of the Lord and Gideon that supernatural sword that that wins the battle and we know that the enemy got confused turned on themselves and destroyed each other there wasn't there wasn't a fight it wasn't a fair fight the angels of the Lord and the Lord dealt with it in. uh Israel was saved by the mighty outstretched hand of God. God using a man, God putting on a man. You could still see Gideon, and you could definitely see that the Lord. You could see Gideon in the, in the glove and the Lord through the translucent salvation that he brought. We are no longer mere mortals, mortals. we are sons of the living God. We are who he says we are. We need to relinquish our opinion of ourselves and what God can do in our lives. Um, We are just those, we are just like, uh, I want to give you one last scripture as I close. 2 Corinthians 4-7, the New Living Translation says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, and that's the gospel but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. That it, um, this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not of ourselves. So you see, when we say, Lord, here am I, send Jonathan, we're really disobeying the Lord because God knows our form, that we are clay, and that if we will break and say, Holy Spirit, use me. Here am I, use me. Embrace your commissioning, your authority. Embrace and long and desire and ask for his manifest presence and his miracles that will empower you. Worship, believe, and act. Lord God, wear us like a glove, we pray. We ask you for rain, for a season of rain. Thank you, Lord. We bless your holy
0: name. Amen. Once again, dot worldministries.org that